Let's get sweaty. Hello and welcome to the Shamu Dojo Show. We are back again recapping and discussing episode 12 of Shamu the Anime entitled Guidepost for some reason. <laughs> I still don't know actually after watching the episode. Why was it called Guidepost? I have no idea whatsoever. It just seems like they've just pulled a name out of thin air with this one. Yeah. Can't, can't even like think a of it. Translation or something if someone can tell us why. I don't know. Yeah, put it in the comments below. Yeah. So if you've been listening to us for all of the 12 shows the anime run so far, I'll firstly thank you. It's great of you. You keep coming back for more. But we've got one more to go after this one, and it's been an amazing ride. We do have a roundtable episode planned that we're hoping to do at the end of the series to consolidate our feelings of the anime as a whole. And of course, Mark, we spoke about it before, but we've got another episode in the pipeline of the podcast yep. that we've recorded just prior to the anime drop-in that we had to hold off on releasing. So you can expect both of those to come in the very near future. But as you'll be accustomed by now, I am James Brown. And as ever, I'm joined by the king of the guidepost himself, Master Oliver, <laughs> Matthew Oliver, sorry. How is it going, man? Yeah, not not bad at all. Hot off the back of a... An interesting episode, actually. I think it will give us some talking points, good and bad overall. But again, another enjoyable episode. Looking forward to cracking into this one. Yes, as am I, man. And I agree. There's some things in there that we're going to, well, not have a little moan. I don't think we've ever had a little moan, but maybe there's something that they could have done slightly better. But overall, another cracking episode of the anime. Never disappoints. And if it does disappoint, it's like very just minor as a Shemu fan that we've, you know, played the games so many times that perhaps we know something happening a certain way. That's that's only real, like the only disappointments that you can have, I suppose, because mm. everything else has been bloody amazing, really, isn't it? Yeah. Considering. Yeah, like there's always going to be little nuances with any any TV show that you're not going to quite get on with. Um, but it doesn't ruin the overall experience of the anime, which so far, you know, nine out of ten, um, and with one episode to go, I'm really looking forward to how they're going to f- finish these things off. As am I, man, and I'm looking forward to getting stuck in again as to how we think they might do that. So <laughs> firstly, let's go back in time a little bit, man. Can you give us a quick recap of episode 11, Entangled? I will, and this is all from watching it again yesterday, so my memory might be a tiny bit hazy, um, but we'll go for it. So we pick up immediately from the previous episode's cliffhanger with Zhuing stood in front of Dolnir and blocking the path to Rio. Oh, he's obviously been utterly destroyed at this point. He calls his goons to take her out and she calmly sort of invites them in and they charge and they swiftly get mutilated by Zhuing in very quick fashion. Watching above is Yuan, who moves to capture Yuandazu and like some of the gang drop in, try and do that. He fights them off with his cane then surrenders when he's got a knife to his to his throat. Meanwhile, Donio is, is sort of pummeled by Zhuing, gets frustrated, and she sort of invites him in again, and he decides to retreat, knowing that Zhu has been captured, allowing sort of Zhuing to capture, uh, capture, complete the rescue of Rio, um, and he passes out on the floor. We then cut to the Kowloon uh, Convent, um, which is the orphanage, as known in the game, and it's scene for scene, it's exactly the same in the games. We got called out on um, pronouncing that word, by the way. Did you just say covenant? I said convent. 
Convent. Okay, okay, I'll let you off then. We got called out the other night for saying co- I think you said Covenant. Oh, and I said Covent or something uh, like that. Bugger it! But you've got it right today, man. So that's all right then, because I didn't even know we were called out on it. So there we are. Um, <laughs> scenes pretty much one to one to the game. Ewing sort of informs Rio that her and her brother were ra- raising the orphanage, and Zimming went off to hunt down the Chi men because their parents were murdered. Very much like Rio, he took a dark path and has now embraced sort of the Chi men essentially. And she remains adamant that Rio must not go on the same path. And Rio sort of goes, I, I still must leave, and does. She then sort of stops him on the way out, encouraging him to spar with her and saying that if she can't, he can't be, you know, he can't defeat her, that then he'll never take down Landy. Rio has another go, again gets done in, and we first see the counter elbow assault. And Dewing explains the move and then says that he basically needs a mind like a polished mirror to use it properly and teaches him it. Then Moving on, we go back into the hideout and you have Zhu Quinn there, sat there and Rhea and Ren apologise for losing Zhu, but it doesn't really matter. He goes, well, actually, I think I know somebody who could possibly help. Joy and Wong have arrived at this point with the Intel cities in the Yellowhead building and things move on fairly quickly. We then get our scene with Kai, if you remember Predictive Explosion. So he invites Rio to spar with him. He does, doesn't do very well to begin with remembers Zhuang's advice and then focuses on himself and then intercepts an incoming attack. Lights come on, the man is impressed and when he heard the name Hazuki, he thought it must be the son of a wow. And this guy, Kai, had met Rio's father about a decade prior and exchanged knowledge and enthusiasm for the Chinese martial arts. He was shocked to hear of a wow's murder and hears from Ren they need to find Yuandazu and he knows a way to get inside and Kai tells him basically it's the street fighting stuff. They end cuts to another scene here where Rio and Ren are walking to what looks like you know, towards some sort of dodgy back alley in a building. Rio says to Ren, look, we need to go our separate ways. And he doesn't want Ren to risk his life. Adding to that, yeah, yeah Helen's familiar with Ren. Rio is less well known. Ren takes this sort of quite badly and doesn't want to be left behind, but he accepts it. Cuts to the first sort of street fight and we see the acrobatic fighter in green. Um, he's one of the more sort of familiar ones that you may see in, in Kowloon. I think you walk past it a few times, especially when you're tailing Yuan, you walk past it. Yeah, that monkey stunts guy. Yeah. Uh, Rio sort of challenges him and quickly takes him down with relative ease. Elsewhere, you have Joy uh, finding Ren sulking and sort of she assumes that he bailed on Rio and actually no Ren sort of details that he was actually dismissed, essentially, and isn't taking it very well. And almost sort of Joy calls him out a little bit to say, you wish you, know, you wish you could be more like Rio. She decides to leave for Hong Kong and Ren decides to go back in the direction of Kowloon. And in the shadows, we see a yellowhead gang member has been tailing Ren and watching the entire conversation. Carries on. Uh, street fighting is going well. Rio's like taking people down left, right and center. And we see a very sort of quick scene here where the the scout turns up and basically says to Rio, right, come to Dragon Street when it's dark, goes to Dragon Street, gets the photo of Greg Moore, and then we go, and that's basically what Rio needs to go and do. We then go back to the fighting, and Rio challenges Greg Moore. But before that, we see our first sort of interesting hint of Master Bayou. He's there having taken out somebody else, and sort of leaves yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as things go on. This was like... An unusual moment at the time, wasn't it? We were like wondering why they'd introduced him at this point. Yeah, I suppose it, it did give a bit more context now, knowing what we know going forth. But it was, yeah, an interesting thing to do, shall we say? 
Anyway, Rio fights Greg Moore and takes him out with relative ease. In fact, he's faster and, and, and uses some counters. And then the scout gives Rio his instructions to meet the following day. Uh, the quest again, the Axis Yellowhead building is coming to a close. Ren turns up throwing his gambling chip at Rio with <laughs> anger because he bet on the fight and thought that Rio would lose. Uh, Rio sort of takes the mickey out of him a little bit. They have a and every little smile, and then that's that's the end of that scene. It's very similar to the one that's in the games, actually. We then sort of shift to the bad guys here with Dolneo saying that Landy's come to Yandazu to take Yandazu the following day, and they share excitement that the grip on Hong Kong is now coming, and the Chi men are obviously going to back them up. We also, and I love this, travel to Bailu Village again, uh, where Shenhua returns home. And notice our father hasn't turned back from the quarry. But she sees the design document for the Phoenix and Dragon Mirrors yeah. on his desk. So, and she was like, almost like she recognized it in some respects, wasn't it? Yeah, like, what? This is. This is. And then it cut away again. It then cuts back, and Joy's sort of turmoil in Hong Kong continues. She's approached by Wong, wanting to know how they can help Rio. And she feels powerless and tells him there's nothing the likes of them can do against the Yellowheads that Rio is tuned to pursue. Wong sort of lets rip at this point about her lack of spirit, and she's just another adult famous do the right thing and we get a beautiful scene here where joy visits the grave of her mother and you get the flashback to like seeing the dead body and everything as well and expressing sadness there's nothing has changed for her uh, she's never moved on she's never given her father for what happened and you see this scene of like tear a tear dropping and hitting the floor as um the the sort of scene plays out um very similar to the Zomi shot in that regard actually makes sense i like it though the the side story stuff with joy wong ren jui perfect i really so far really good we then have another quick scene here where wong is intercepted by sam larry and cool z and the heavens members basically trying to find him to you know do another job he goes into the golden uh, shopping uh, center, shopping mall rather, and he finds one of the Yellowhead members talking with a guy in a black suit. Basically, overhears that Zoo, they've got Zoo, and they've been tailing Ren and Rio for a long time. Wong reacts to this and exposes himself to the eavesdropper and legs it with the big thug sort of chasing him down the streets. He finds Joy and she sort of zips away on the motorcycle with him, angry to hear that Rio and Ren are in trouble. We then cut back to. The meetup with Hyo, who is basically say under the underneath the Yellowhead building, who's a scout, and Ren runs him behind, assaults him, takes him down, demands where to know where Zoo is. Rio thinks this is quite reckless at this point, and then basically he says he's on the seventeenth floor. Ren takes him out, steals his radio to signal an intruder alert on the fifth floor, so it gives them a bit of room to get there. We then hit the seventeenth floor, find it empty, but they're not alone because. The big man himself, Don Nero, approaches and he's ready to bash some heads in. And Rio Ren are mm. cornered as the episode finishes. Nice. So here is the synopsis for episode 12. So Rio and Ren successfully sneak into the Yellowheads headquarters to rescue uh, Yuanda Zhu. But the Yellowheads all knew about their plan to sneak in. Surrounded by their enemies, the two fight Yuan, who is one of the leaders of the Yellowheads. In the meantime, Wong finds out that Rio is in danger and breaks into the Yellowhead building with Joy to save them. So, Matt, that is kind of where this episode picks up from. Yeah. The start of the next episode actually kind of recaps all this, but we, we'll, let's have a little music break anyway. I'm, I'm forgetting about the music break there. So we're going to have a little break before we get into all this, guys. So I'm going to play some epic music now. This is Encounter with Landy, uh, or obviously the, the Doni rooftop fight, and it is from Shimotu's OST.
Welcome back, that was the song Encounter with Landy from the Shemu 1 and 2 sound collection that you can find on Spotify, elsewhere, etc. And uh, it's actually used for the Donu rooftop fight there from Shemu 2. So, right, Matt, let's get into the analysis notes, which I will mention actually up front that these are handwritten by Spaghetti, so Spags. So thanks for that. And the last two, I believe, were from Hannah. They were. I always forget to mention this, but yeah, yeah. Thanks to you both for the amazing work, helping us to get the show done seamlessly. Right, Matt, so like I was saying, the cold open to episode 12 is basically a little bit of a recap of episode 11. So we see Joy and Wong, that they've discovered that the Yellowheads have actually set up a trap for Rio and Ren. Mm. And we sort of get some sort of like a, sort of like a dancey sort of remix music in the background there with a few of the scenes from the last episode playing out just to kind of remind the viewer where we're at. Yeah. Then obviously we get the opening music introduction thing that's never changed. It's always been as epic as day one. But we are then, is it where I think it pans up to the Yellowhead building or is that a little bit later? That's a little bit later. So we start on the Hong Kong streets. So it's basically immediately after the the last scene, which was from the previous episode. And Joyce sort of slams the brakes on on her bike. And she's, again, trying to discourage Wong from sort of chasing after Rio and Ren from the Yellowhead trap. And Wong sort of then goes into this flashback about his life, how difficult it is. He's having to steal to keep things, you know, keep himself alive, essentially, but showing remorse for his actions and feels like he owes Rio almost for showing him that things don't have to be that way. Yeah. Do you think there's been... So this is something I mentioned on the stream, but you think there's been that many encounters between these characters that they can have these life-changing, you know, epiphanies that, you know, suddenly he's gone from stealing Rio's bag to seeing how determined he is to, I don't know, track down the killer to his father. If it, I'm sure he knows that, right? Does he know that part of the story? I mean, I know he's told that to Rem, but has he told that to Wong it was, specifically? It was all filled just all in. Way? If you remember in the previous episode where they have that cut from sort of day, uh, night to day, where Joy yeah. demanded to oh, be filled okay. in, so he's telling him Wong everything. Was there, yeah. so he, he knows about this. I think they, okay, I think okay. they've, they've had enough interaction. I mean, you, you have interactions in the games, I guess, in 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 that regard. I think there's been more personal interaction. I can think of one where I can't remember what episode it is. Whether it's it might be seven or eight, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Rio's looking for martial artists, and one calls out to him, "Hey, Mister, uh, about his bag, yeah, the whole bag." And Rio sort of grabs him and pats him on the head. I don't know. There's a bit, there's a bit more of a friendly relationship there. So I can see, I can see where they they've gone with that, and and Wong potentially sort of u- using Rio as an inspiration to to change his ways. It makes sense. Yeah, I reckon if you go back and you watch them all in sequence, it probably feels a bit more like a you know a build up. Yeah. To these moments. Yeah, for sure. I think. It's one of those, I think if you sit and watch, like you say, if you watch it through, you can see sort of how they've got to that conclusion, if you like. Yeah, yeah, like slowly over time kind of thing. Mm. Okay, so then we cut back to the Yellowhead building and we have this you know, really awesome shot, actually, of all the buildings sort of coming up. You have this sort of, sort of dancey, epic-y type music playing in the background. Probably I've not described it very well, but you get the idea. And Corner Bordonio, uh, Rio and Ren decide to, to leg it they're not going to waste their time with him. They've got to find Zoo. So Donio swings at them. They jump out of the way. They race through the corridors, down some stairs, which uh, Donio absolutely boulders it down. That's the only way I can describe it. And actually, when I spoke to Joe Daniels, when I interviewed him, he did he does the English voice of Donio. He mentioned this scene to me. 
And uh, so this is that scene, is, is it? Because it scene. sounded like he was falling down the stairs, yeah, didn't he? Put this is that scene. Um, he mentioned right. it's one of his favourite scenes to film, actually. Awesome, awesome. Where did he place that, by the way? Because I felt like he placed that a bit earlier in the season than, like, you know, the second to last episode. Yeah, he did. I think I'd have to, I'd have to listen to the interview back, but he yeah. definitely mentioned it. Um, and he, he loved it. I mean, he said he really enjoyed playing Dolnia. He got to shout a lot, basically. Um, <laughs> so Rian Rent will end up at this caved-in stairwell, and you've got the plank. It's one-to-one to the game in this regard. Ren sort of jumps himself in front and goes, I'm going first, and Rio follows. And you see sort of Ren and Rio wobble a bit on the old planks, thinking the QTEs in your head. So at least they didn't get rid of all the planks. I'd have been upset had they yeah. done that. <laughs> Ren then kicks away the planks, so Donio can't continue pursuing them. You see him sort of run, stumble, stop himself, and basically says, come back here, you bastards, and fight me like men. Like men. And they go, uh, no, stupid Donio, jump, which again is very similar to the games itself. So I, I like the, I liked how um they sort of just kept this yeah spot on to the to the game. Uh, there's not a lot around it in terms of mass discussion, shall we say, but the fact that they've just no. given it the nod that it needed and kept it the same way, all for it, really good. Well at this this point, like what have we actually what have they actually skipped over? Like maybe the first few floors, you know, the lights and I don't know, is there much more than that really until you get to the bit where Donu's Chasing you, he falls through the floor at some point that didn't happen, right? Yeah, he, he falls through the floor, which we we haven't seen at this point. And there's also some added sort of QTE fights that we again we haven't seen, but you, you don't need them all. I think sort of them condensing it down here, so you've got like a plank, and I know later on we have another chase which we're going to talk about as well. Yeah, sort of two chases is fine because in the game you've got quite a few and a lot of QTE sequences, a lot of fights. You don't like need it, like you said before. It's like game fluff into yeah. the, the the rest of the floors are very very much so. But it's one to one to the games. So while this is all going on, um, we are outside the come over guest house, and one of the things the anime does really, 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 really well for me is this the side character, the secondary character content, fleshing them out. If one thing the game is guilty of, it doesn't flesh them out a lot because it is from Rio's perspective, which so I can understand it. But the anime is taking the liberty of fleshing these characters out. They've done it with Joy, they've done it with Wong, they did it with Nozomi, they've done it with Re- every everybody. So I, I like this. I really do like this. She's reminiscing about Rio's her encounters with Rio, so the first meeting, Rio introducing himself, yeah. all those sorts of stuff as flashbacks. So she's she's sort of having that epiphany moment yeah. as well, isn't she? Like, yeah. Yeah, very she much. She needs to I, I suppose she's thinking about her parents at the same time and Yeah, so it's all yeah, come she knows she needs to be there. Come together here that she actually needs to help. Um while she's sort of thinking, she's interrupted by the, the thugs that were chasing Wong at the end of the last episode, who who are now obviously looking to interrogate her as well, because they recognise the bike and know that she, Wong jumped on it. She gets out of there on a motorcycle. And I thought this was quite funny. The lead guy, the big one, like nicks his bike off of this passerby. <laughs> like, give me the Just bike. Just a bicycle. Fork it over. Yeah. I thought it was quite funny. Joy then catches up with Wong, tells him to get on the bike. And you see this lead thug sort of pedaling behind, like, come on, I'm going to get you. I, I love this comedic stuff. I thought it was really funny. And then basically she says she had no choice in the matter because they now know who she is and is associated with one. Wong and you get Joy come up with a plan to get inside the Yellowhead building. Basically, tells Wong to play along and going to say, You're my brother. Basically, I'll distract them. You get in yeah. there and find Rio. 
and Ren, which then takes us into the next scene. Yeah, which I don't think she actually does actually in the end, doesn't she? When once she gets to the Yellowhead building, she changes her story kind of, doesn't she? She right? does quite a bit, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. So another funny thing as well, obviously that guy on the bicycle there. So they are heading to the the Yellowhead building. You were saying that it's supposedly Kowloon at this point was yeah. like forty minutes buzz journey or whatever. <laughs> so you imagine a guy on a bicycle for four. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be forty minutes, would it? I suppose it'd be like a few hours. <laughs> Sounds like a good sort of couple of hours, doesn't it, poor bloke? Yeah. Good ride though, maybe. Maybe oh, it's yeah. a straight road, I don't know, or downhill. <laughs> so we are rejoined by Rio and Ren who run into Yuan, who attacks them with the chainsaw. So we've got a cool moment where, you know, they're coming around a corner there and Yuan's there just coming around her corner, or his corner rather, in the anime. I'm still thinking of bloody um, English translation. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously it was a woman. So if I ever say her, I don't mean her, it's a him. Yeah. It could be, you know, it's either, it's both. <laughs> um, she comes around the corner with the chainsaw, sets it off, she goes manic as fuck, doesn't she? Yeah. Like, or he does, sorry, in the game and in the anime year. And Rio and Ren make a quick escape down the corridor. Yeah. And Rio's got a chance. He kicks out a supporting structure. So very much like the game, how you get these cutscenes where it's like up, up A or something. Mm. And Rio does a kick and sends all these barrels and stuff down that's for some reason just hanging from the ceiling. And obviously all this comes down and creates a cloud of smoke and dust and obviously yuan's worst fear it's dirt and grime and stuff and um he's a bit taken aback by that falls on his bottom yeah. as far as i'm aware and cannot chase them any further obviously because there's a, a blockage in the way so rio and ren high five and continue on then we move to the entrance of the head building now where joy and wong have kind of caught up on the motorbikes they've arrived and they walk up to the front door and you've, you see those sort of... Um, I don't think you've seen them with Rio. No. But guys he goes around all four guys the sections poles, of the building, yeah. doesn't he, to get in, to get that cutscene. And uh, they block the entrances with their pole things, don't they? Yeah, yeah. This is kind of what happens there. So they've kind of covered that aspect as well, which is cool. Joy demands to see the boss, telling the goons at the door that Chun's daughter from the White Tie is there to see them. So this harks back to that previous sort of storyline where... In case any viewers or, I don't know, fans even weren't aware, Joy's surname is Chun, which yep. we worked out, was that last week last or week. the week before? Yeah, last yep. week. So we had that cutscene where it was like, I think Yuan said to Dono something about Chun's, as it could be Chun's daughter, or he mentioned yeah, Chun's daughter. Right. That had us looking up Joy's surname, and obviously her father's name was Chun. So yeah, I'm not sure what's the white tie. Is that just a gang? That was or... a gang name, yeah. So I think it's just I, I don't know where it came from. It's just a gang name essentially. Yeah, and obviously we remember that cutscene where the car blew up. Yeah, mum and dad died, or a dad, or a mum, or is it just a mum? Possibly, I don't know, because she was only looking at grave of a mum, wasn't she? And Maybe she said something about she regretted a father. Or but if I mean, yeah, if they both didn't... died. She could still be angry at her dad, I suppose, if she yeah. knew that he was the one that instigated it kind of thing. But Absolutely. That's n- not too clear still, actually, after this episode. So we see Donu catching up, only to find Yuan at the blockage created by the structure collapse. So yeah, he bumps into Yuan where that blockage was. And then Yuan receives a radio message that they've got a little bit of trouble. Obviously, um, things aren't going to plan now. People are infiltrating the Yellowhead building. Yes, they are. And then that takes us back to sort of this sort of reception room. I don't know what floor this is on, whether this is on the bottom floor, but it's like a nice fancy room. I was wondering if it was that room where if you head into from the sewers. Yeah. 
in the game and you accidentally go through that red door. Yeah. Don't you sit in a chair and it's like a game over kind of. Th- that's probably like one of the few game overs in the game. Yeah. It's not a game over, game over that, you know. It's a random sort of. Start the game. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It just takes you back. And you would never to know it's like a bit of an odd thing, but I wondered if that was that room, but I can't remember if that was furnished or not. I'd have to play the game again. I'd have to look as well, in fairness. To check if it was that room. But a nice swanky room anyway, and they're sitting in these green chairs, aren't they? And Wong recaps who the white tie are. So it's a, a crime syndicate who controlled all of the gambling in Hong Kong until their hired muscle, the Yellowhead, sold them out to another cartel, possibly implied to the Chi Yu men Spags has got here. So that's quite interesting, actually, if so. Mm, yeah. would make sense because yeah, Ardonu yeah. and Ardonu and Yuan considered Chi men or are they just wanting to appease uh, Landy? They're not at the moment because I think they're wanting to ingratiate themselves to Landy and, and are trying to obviously by finding Zhu. He's promised them they can have Hong Kong or something. Yeah he has, he sort of said <laughs> I'll allow it sort of thing and that's it. So does Landy ho- own Hong Kong at the moment? Landy owns whatever he wants at this point. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. So Joy tells Wong to start looking for Rio and Ren and directs him towards a grate leading into the vents, if you want to carry on from your mind. Yeah, so we then cut back to Dolneo and Yuan, who are discussing their uh, sort of uninvited guest, and the, the timing is completely appalling, given the other issues they've got, obviously, with Yuan Zhu in the building, Rio and Ren running around like rats and Landy on his way. Uh, Dolneo instructs Yuan to lock up Joy until they have time to deal with her, which you know, makes perfect sense. You've got a lot of problems going on. At least get rid of one of them nice and quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Or just have one floor. Yeah. If you <laughs> they have a 44 building, if you want, for a, <laughs> a headquarters. That's what happens. That's what happens. You ain't going to control it all. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, you have Rio and Ren sort of still searching for the Yuan Zhu. And Ren tunes the radio on uh, and they intercept a message from Yuan instructing the underlings to intercept the daughter of Chun, the white tie and lock her in the basement. Mm. Ren sort of has a moment, you can see in his eyes, I think they, I think they flash blue, maybe? I can't quite remember. I can't remember. Um, but they flash with like yeah, the standard sort of anime flash of the eyes that they do. And Ren sort of reveals to Rio that actually uh, he knows Chun's daughter. And Rio's like, who the hell's that? And he's like, well, it's Joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like it sort of tr- triggers, and they, they then sort of go into this conversation. It says, you know, Joy's been taken to the basement. So Rio sort of immediately sort of goes into that and goes, right, okay, well, we'll go to the basement then to go and to go and save her. Which I think, you, again, this is the context to how Joy's been captured. They, there you yeah. go, and what, and then obviously Rio ending up there is slightly different to the games where he he ends up in the basement because of the lift key segment that you do where you fight the foreman and one of the black suits get the keys turn on the elevators etc this time ren's obviously with you so it's different to the games but again why joy is there is explained so they don't actually know in the games or rio doesn't no, know that no. joy's there until he sees her absolutely but here not. he kind of does know because yeah. ren just told her and then that's a little bit of um context as well for in case there was anyone still unsure who chun was yeah very much so. Yeah, basically, you've got your confirmation there. Yeah. So we then cut back to the reception room that they were in previously. Wong has obviously disappeared at this point, and Joy is sat on her own. A group of the Yellowheads sort of come in to apprehend Joy, and she sort of sits there, gives like a flippant answer as to, to where Wong went. Basically said he's gone for a piss because they ask and they didn't look too impressed by it. One of them goes to basically grab Joy and says, right, get up, you're coming with us. She puts one of them in sort of a shoulder arm lock when they tried to manhandle her, which I thought was quite cool. I didn't <laughs> know she had that in her, quite frankly, yeah, although she yeah. is quite 
I know she's quite forward. She's feisty. Yeah, feisty is the word. Yeah, feisty is the word actually for that. And this prompts Master Bayou to walk in and basically say, look, I don't want to hurt you. Just just come with us. I just thought she has got in the games a bit of a fear about her, hasn't she? Because you remember that scene where I think it's the guy that takes a photo of her and Rio. Yes. He's scared shitless of her, isn't he? Yeah. You've got the come over guest house guy who's scared shitless of him. And you never really know why. Or if it's just the involvement in the gangs or the Ren of Evans and that sort of stuff. Or, you know, maybe she can pack a punch. Maybe. We could be a bit of both, in fairness. <laughs> be a bit of both. She's ingratiated in the gangs and also can beat you up. Excellent. Just what you want. So at this point, Master Bai walks in and says, look, I don't want to harm you. Just come with us. And Joy sort of goes, well, what are you going to do if I don't want to? And he just sort of promptly runs up to her and chops her in the side of the neck and completely conks her out on the floor. One shot, mm. done. See you later. I did think it was interesting. We saw Bayou here. Obviously, a little bit more of his character context. And it does fit the game in that he's not a bad guy through and through. He has some sort of morals. Like, he didn't want to hurt her, but she sort of almost left him no choice. Do you think? Because I, I thought he came across a bit more of a, like a one of them kind of guy. He's obviously involved with the Yellowheads and... Yeah. I think he's more involved, definitely. But I, I wonder if that's through a different angle, through the street fighting, etc., rather than being sort of deeper involved, if that makes sense. I don't know. Do you think them showing him in the previous episode now is that sort of for the viewers to be like, oh, it's that guy from, you know, with yeah. his, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think it's that shot from the previous episode was to sort of announce who he, you know, announce who's this strange guy. And then you see him again. So it um, it works out quite well in that regard. So we see him. He, d- he takes out Joy quite mm. easily. I wonder if that was the... Like, today was the first time you'd seen Bayou. Would that have been mm. more shocking for us? Like, he's, he's entered this room and got Joy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because last episode, it was a bit like... It was weird, wasn't it? I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> If it would have felt more natural here, maybe for for us as an yeah. old school Shenmue fans, I don't know so much for newbies how that fits, and I'd be interested again if anybody's listening. Well, to newbies this. would be like, "Who's who the fuck's this?" Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? But at least by seeing him, he was he was just having a street fight. Mm. He left the stage, presumably, you know, he looked at Rio, so there's a little bit of context there that Rio recognised him or what he's going to, and then we assume he watched the fight. So he knows mm. Rio's standard at yeah. some time. Yeah, possibly. So these contacts for the viewer there, but I mean, for us, I think that would have been a bit of a draw-dropping moment if it was like this room and he's, yeah. he's taking joy, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think for us as fans of, of the games, it, it may, I think it would have worked better. I think you're right. I think for generic TV purposes, just giving that introduction where they did, it, it's fine. It doesn't really change anything as such mm-hmm. but it's again yeah. it's quite quite a nice little touch so after this we cut to um ventilation shaft obviously with this point we also know that Rhea and ren are going to go to the basement to save joy and we have wong yeah. sort of shuffling around these rat filled vents of the yellowhead building uh and wong's quite pleased with himself because he's, he's saying well joy was right you know if we move if i move through here i'm not going to get captured and he overhears some goons sort of telling they're still looking for rear and ren which then wong's quite pleased about because he goes right excellent they haven't been captured and he keeps moving and until he sort of gets to an open sort of grate 
area and he drops right into this room and he sort of bounces quite hard. So he sort of hits his head on this cabinet, drops down, and he's sort of, it's almost comedic anime. He's like, ow, 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 on the floor. The camera sort of pans up. And we have our friend, stony face Yoanda Zoo, who mistakes one for a yellowhead and goes, oh, I didn't know they were, <laughs> they, they were recruiting children or people your age for the yellowhead. Yeah. Wong's like, yeah, he gets a bit upset by this and then goes, well, hang on a second, who are you? And Zoo reveals his identity and Wong's like, oh, my God, because he knows who, who he is. And he's and Zoo's quite surprised by this. He's like, "How how do you know who I am?" Sort of thing. You, you know, you're a child. Wong then sort of announces that his his intention is to get Zoo out of there. And they hear Yuan approaching the door outside. Zoo tells Wong to hide. So what happens here is Yuan hears a commotion out it like from the room and unlocks the door very quickly. But just sees Zoo sort of sat there in his wheelchair quite quietly. And she or he rather, you've done the same as you, James. He resolves himself to go, right, great, hmm. no issue, not a problem. And you see Wong's hidden at the back of the vents, and he's like, well, What do I do here? And a rat pops up, sort of pops his head out. <laughs> and then it's a bit funny, but yeah. Yeah. And then Wong goes, Right, I'm gonna use the light to get the rats out of here to scare them to clamp you know, jumping out of the vent, which they then do onto Yuan, who completely loses his mind because he's a clean freak. And especially this one rat that goes all over his face um, and then gives Wong a chance to escape with Zoo, which he promptly goes and does. Again, nice context because I think it leads into later on uh, and the ending that we all know in Shenmue too. But again, sort of seeing this backstory, I'm a fan of it all day. Great. Love it. Yeah, same. And I think Wong actually did mention to Zoo that Rio is he does. coming to you rescue him, right? Yes, he goes, yeah, oh, yeah. my fr- Rio, Rio's looking for you sort of thing. And then they yeah. sort of break him out. Yeah, so nice little context there. And so we're back at the basement now. Rio and Ren reach there and find Joey cuffed and unconscious inside a cage. So similar to the game, although the environment's a bit different, actually, because obviously yes. we know there's like a big sort of, um, not uh, not a stage, like a ring, like a fighting ring in the middle of this big open space. Actually, Rio comes down some ladders, um, some staircases, doesn't he? And reaches this big sort of he um, does, yeah. fighting ring and joys off to the side with a couple of um, black suits. But in the anime, actually, I don't know, were they black suits in the anime? They were black suits. They weren't black suits in the anime. They were in oh. the game, weren't they? Yeah, in just, the game they were, but in here they were like... The generic thugs, weren't they? Okay. Uh, one with the white hair that, that they punch out. Um, when they escape, when they first got captured by Dol Nio is one of them. Not that guy in the blue one that's been following around though, is yeah, it? It's, yeah, yeah, it's him. Oh, it is him. Okay, okay. To do so, things are about to kick off, but Baihu interferes. So he appears, like I say, coming out this corridor. Doesn't actually get on the, the in the ring with Rio. He just kind of fights him there and then. Mm. So obviously, he's seen Rio at these street fights previously and challenges him to a fight in return for Joy's freedom. So. Similar to the game, I suppose, you know, if you beat me, she can go free. So you then get this sort of a montage-y sort of thing, how all four of the Woodoo are coming back to Rio. So you see uh, your quicksang, your barbershop guy, street performer dude or whatever, or maybe, I can't remember actually, in Jammin. And obviously that culminates into Rio having that mind's eye sort of aspect. I think he, he, he goes to chop him on the neck or something. And he kind of blocks it, yeah. but then Rio unleashes this kick that sends him flying. He flips around a couple of times, and obviously 
you've got a bit more to say about this in a minute, Matt, but we do get that scene or a reiteration of that scene where because of that kick, Bayou's on the floor kind of like knackered a bit. And he says to Rio, can you state your name? I think he says, state your yeah. name. Yeah. And Rio says, Rio Hazuki. He says, I'm going to remember that name kind of thing before falling unconscious. So not as impactful, actually, as in the game. Obviously, it's this massive fight that's been building up kind of with this 40 floor thing. You're back in the basement. It's to save Joy. So these stakes on the line. It's this three round fight, actually. I think you have to best of three. And then there's like a massive QT sequence at the end yeah. to finish him off. It just feels epic at the time. Whereas this was like over in 10 seconds. So Matt, what were you feeling at the end of this? Do, do, do you know something? I think this fight probably, I sat and thought about this after stream and I, I'm disappointed actually in the way they've handled this fight. In the games, you, you rightly summed it up. It's this big epic moment, three round fight, QTE sequences. I don't know, it feels more, the stakes feel higher in the game. Now, maybe we're biased, right? Maybe because we played the game, we had a certain expectation of how this fight was going to be presented. And that's probably... It's a hard fight as well. Yeah, it's a very hard fight. It's one of the hardest fights in the series. And I think that's probably coloured my opinion to a point, right? And I, I, I am biased in that regard. But I just think they could have spent some time from the opening scene where they just rehashed the ending scene from Entangled Episode 11. I don't know why they couldn't have used... I mean, I, I know people are saying budget, etc. But for me, if, if this wasn't an issue, that Bayou fight needed a bit more. Like the Chai fight in episode one, Chai gets some hits on Rio, right? And Chai is nowhere Knocks near. the plaster in, off his face, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, and cuts him up. And for me, Chai is nowhere near as strong as Bayou, in my mind. Rio is not as strong at that point either, but I must add. But Bayou is a much stronger fighter, in my mind. So the fact that he doesn't lay a hit on Rio, I don't... I, it bugs me a little bit. I think bit. Rio actually finishes him off with that bloody fist thing. What's it called? Machine gun fist, doesn't he? Where it's like, boom, boom, In the boom, game, boom, boom, he boom, absolutely boom, destroys him. Yeah. You know, it's it's quite impactful. And then they do the QTE sequence where actually he uses a very similar kick at the end of the QTE sequence to what you see in the anime, yeah. which yeah, great. Yeah. I, I'm pleased. Yeah, that's great. I love the accuracy there. I just think they could have played this out differently. The rude stuff and the mind's eye stuff, perfect. Get it. Close that story arc off. Rio uses the tools to beat him. But why can't yeah, Bayou got some hits on Rio? They exchange a couple of blows. Rio's a bit like taken aback by it. Then he has to use some of these lessons and then he defeats him. I just think that would have been better. I think was it Spaghetti or someone or Son or someone was saying in the chat that, or Sheep Eddie then, that viewers of the anime that haven't played the games are going to be really surprised when they get to this part in the game, yeah. probably. Like how different <laughs> yeah, and, yeah know, how definitely. much more emphasis is on the fight than it was on the anime so that could be a good thing for them i suppose but you know it's a bit of a uh, opposite sort of thing for us but yeah yeah I, mean, I, this... I didn't mind it overall i know it's it it could be it's still not as bad as the five star thing for me that room mm. I, I want to see more of that room it's still not that level it still works to a degree like you say with the voodoo and then I think the wood those teachings it. and stuff help. Yeah. The wood saves but that scene. For how brief that fight is and you know it's mm. it's done and dusted now and like even much so, there's always been rumours and fan theories about like is Baihu gonna show up again? You know, that, that line with 
you know, what's your name? I'll never, re- I'll never forget that name, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I shall remember that name. Is what he says in the games. And yeah, yeah. So that the, impact's not there. Yeah, yeah. The Wood saves a scene in that regard, in in the storytelling sense. I, I, it's the first. Well, I'm trying to balance this out from from the. Oh, there's Yuanda been two. Movie. There's been two yeah. disappointments for me in the whole series. And that was the rushing of the five star court thing. Yeah, yeah. And this and one. This. this one's not as bad, but those are the only two disappointments I've had yeah. so far. And actually, let's let's put this into context. If we're into episode twelve here, and if there's only two yeah. things that you, that me and you are sat there going, didn't like that very much. Bit disappointed by that. <laughs> you, you, you've done. A, you, you know, the anime team have done a damn good job. If that's the case, there's only two things. Yeah. That Definitely. they've they've disappointed us on at this point. So because I can count more than two things that they did it that were better. Oh, you know I think mean. yeah, you can reel you know, stuff the, off, can't you? The interactions between the side characters, for one, the Bailey yeah. Village stuff, getting oh, shown yeah. three characters exactly. down yeah. to a T. Exactly. Seeing her, her father heading to the stone pit, the, albeit the, the wrong way. It's it's, it's just those things. There's been more of them than the disappointments, but yeah. obviously to keep a balance in these shows and we're not just stupid, which we are anyway, we're stupidly high- biased fans of Shenmue, yeah. obviously, but we can have a little nitpicks. I, th- I think and yeah. these, these are the only two I've got. So, yeah, I think, I mean, other people have had other nitpicks and that, you know, it all comes down to personal opinion at the end of the day. And I get it. And we are, yeah, we are biased. We are Shenmue fans at the end of the day and we want it to be as good as it could possibly be. But I think these two, these two elements just stood out for both of us at this point. It's a shame, but let's be honest, it's it's not going to colour the rest of the view on the anime, which has so far been excellent, and we shouldn't forget that. So we then cut back after the Bayou fight to the Yellowhead building entrance, and the thug from earlier rocks up on his bike. He has biked it, what is a 40-minute car journey, allegedly, to the Yellowhead building in Kowloon, and he looks absolutely shattered. And I'm laughing at this point. Uh, and I love this comedic stuff. It made me laugh. His, his mates then turn up in a car and he turns around and says, you had a car. <laughs> they just let him bugger <laughs> off on a bike. It's kind of like the um, Ren taking the elevator thing. Yeah, it's very much just in the coastal vein. planks. Yeah, And that was quite funny. I, I, I like that comedic stuff. I thought it was very funny. We then go into the side of the Yellowhead building and the thug's in there. Gets a catch up from Yuan on the situation. He's still freaking about the rats, who the guy seems as, as Ren and Rio and Wong. But actually, Yuan turns around and goes, no, 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 actual rats. And then they go, oh shit, what about Zoo? Run in there and Zoo's gone. And they're like, oh hell, oh hell. And like this guy sort of trig, yeah, this, the thug goes, oh hell, yeah, I know who's done this, thinking of Wong, Rio, and Ren's like, shit, I better go and find them. We then cut back to the Yellowhead building basement. Uh, Joy's come round at this point and has a pop at Rio and Ren for being dumbasses that walked into the Yellowhead's trap. The radio sort of crackles to life and intercepts a message here that from Yuan that reveals that Wong has broke Yuan Zoo out and they are now on the run in the building, obviously trying to escape. Cuts then mm. to Wong racing through a corridor when the lead thug from earlier sort of stops out, going, you little shit, I'm coming to get you. Uh, <laughs> Zoo basically turns around to Wong and goes, keep going. And Wong's like, you what? And he goes, just trust me, just trust me here. He's magic to uh... <laughs> Yeah. This is old magic cane out, like he's doing some old medieval jousting shit here. And he <laughs> jousts him out the way. And the thug goes flying, so we're in slow motion. 
And it's quite a nice shot, actually. He sort of flies over the top of them, which is cool. He must have, like, canes for days under his buddy robes Yeah, he got, just whacks out another one. Like, yeah, got loads yeah. of these. It's fine. And it looks like they're in the clear. Get to the elevator, opens up, and you see the shadowy figure of Dolneo popping out of the elevator at the end of the hallway, which is how Wong gets captured. So now we know how Wong and Zhu end up on the rooftop in the game. Thank you very much. Again, this side content... If any, one thing the anime has done impressively well, I will say it again and again and again and again, is the side content, the other yeah. stuff. It's it's brilliant, and kudos to the anime team for knocking that out the park. So after all of this, um, we cut back to another point of the Yellowhead building. Uh, Rio, Ren, and Joy are trying to catch up to Wong, but actually run into Yuan instead, who attacks him with a knife. Um, it's Different the Q, it's different to the QTE sequence in the games, if you remember where go they go uh Yuan goes at real with a chainsaw, he gets this like metal pole that he's like I uh, picks up mm. the floor after he beats some guy yeah, up in the yeah, QTE yeah. sequence, sort of blocks it off like a sword, and then kicks Yuan's legs out from under him. The, the chainsaw slides off and then they have to fight. Yeah. Here, uh Yuan comes at them with a knife, slashing it around. Yuan's lost it at this point as well, like proper maniacal. Seems a bit more calculated in the games. I think Anime Yuan is 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 much more bold in in the monotony being in, borderline insane is probably the way I'd put it. Yeah, um, yeah, I like it. Yuan they've portrayed Yuan really well, and the Japanese voice is very good. And actually, I like the English voice as well of Yuan. Um, very well put together. So Ren disarms Yuan with a kick and lets Rio finish him off, which he promptly does. Knocks into the open elevator, and then Ren handcuffs him to the to the railing like the game. Is then interrogated about the location of Yuandazu and Wong, but refuses to sort of spill the beans and is then threatened by the garbage can like the games. <laughs> and like Yuan sort of sits there sweating a bit. Oh, no, no, because we know he doesn't like this sort of yeah. stuff. He's a bit of a his emboss, isn't it? So yeah. And then spills that the handoff is going to happen on the roof. But Rio and Joy get in the elevator over the other side and Ren sort of walks off and Yuan's like, oh, yeah, 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 I feel a bit relieved here. And then he just boots the trash into the elevator with Yuan in it anyway. And it descends down to the bottom of the Yellowhead building with Yuan. No, like the games does. Yeah, one to the game. Beautifully done. Love it. Thank you very much. Um, Nice, nice nod. Tip of the hat there to the games. We then end up in this corridor. And what is assuming to be at the top of the Yellowhead building at this point is a sort of a dark, narrow corridor with some double doors at the end. Rio, Ren and Joy run through the double doors and you get this flash of white light and it reveals the helicopter with the chi men symbol on it i think we may i can't remember seeing the tattoo of landy uh, of the chi men on his arm i can't quite remember what from in the very first one. episode yeah, yeah but otherwise that's this is the only other time we see it if not the first time the symbol yep. of the chi men and we see landy on the ladder of the helicopter staring rio down do you know what? I got chills from the first time of playing the video game of seeing those two stare down. It brought back memories of a 14-year-old kid going, holy shit, this is going to go down sort of thing. Difference here, though, is if you look at Rio's eyes, they are red with rage, vengeance. Yeah, yeah he wants to kill Landy. Which is good, isn't it? It's good because we yeah. always have that revenge we, we spoke about it loads over the course of the anime series that he's never said the word at revenge. No. And it's been different with everyone he's come up against or everyone he's spoke to. But seeing Landy face to face, 
suddenly something's clicked and he's turned into this wild brings animal. This out. It yeah. brings this out. And this is the thing. That is what they have been saying to him. It's what Ewing's been saying to him. Everybody's been saying to him, your mind is not ready. And you can see it in his eyes. And yep. you will see it in what will be the preview trailer, which we'll talk about later. But like this, he's going to get killed. Isn't he? Yeah, he's going to get murked. Absolutely murked. But take Bayou the fight out of it, improve that and and change the intro to this episode. The episode itself is very good. And the ending, uh, do you know what? They shot that really well. I, I, I got chills. It took me back to being a kid. And do you know what? I can't say that's, that's high praise from me in that regard. I, I, well done. Well put together. Yeah. So, well, that's where we end up in it really. In this episode, we're going to talk about the preview in a moment, Matt, but, do you have any other closing thoughts about this particular episode before we move things on? I do you know what? Yes, there was a couple of disappointing elements to it. Yes, I think they were they had to reuse bits and pieces for whatever reason, budget, etc. But broadly speaking, it was very faithful to the games. This episode with the chainsaw, with the Yuan fight, with some of the QTE sequences, with the planks. It treated the source of material with a great deal of respect. And also, also seeing how Joy and Wong got captured were, were really well put together. And as I say, the side stuff's really good. So it's a decent episode overall. I think it is one of the weaker ones in, in my personal opinion. But if this is one of the weaker ones and it's still fairly good, I think it just speaks volumes for the context and the quality of the anime that we've had so far and how good it has actually been. For sure, man. It's been it's one of the slower episodes, like I was saying earlier, how this is the kind of episode again. There was one of these similar in the earlier in the season where it could have been part of a 24, 26 episode yeah. season. And this is one of the episodes that you wouldn't really shed a, a you know, an eyelash at, whatever, or blink at the fact that that, you know, it's part of that longer show run because it was, we, I assumed, if I'm being honest, that we were going to get to the end of maybe the whole Kowloon segment. I, I didn't think they'd flesh out the Yellowhead building as much mm. as they did do in this particular episode. We spent a lot of time there. We did flesh out, obviously, some side character stuff with Wong and Joy and stuff like we've mentioned. So that's where extra time was added into those elements than me just thinking about what they're going to do on each floor. They're going to show, like, maybe them getting the elevator keys and all that sort mm. of stuff. And obviously, they didn't even do that and they didn't even flesh the Bailey stuff out. But what they did do still crammed a lot within these 23 minutes, but at the same time was slower paced and allowed, I suppose, the viewer that sort of a build-up to what is going to be, you know, this big landy fight thing, you know, that's been yeah. beckoning since day one kind of thing. So I suppose this episode, at least, even though not a lot happened, actually, in terms of point A to point B, but a lot of the game stuff did happen, a lot of side stuff, but it's ultimately just adding to that build-up of what's going to happen. And obviously, at the end of the episode, kind of significant you know, the doors opening, yeah, yeah seeing yeah. the helicopter, seeing Landy, that is the holy shit, this is, you know, we're moving into the final episode. Mm. You know, it is that massive build-up that they've been kind of hoping for, The literally the definition of a cliffhanger. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to have a musical break now before we move into that episode 13 preview. This is a request from Frankie. I've seen him mention it quite a lot in the chat there. So Top Floors is the name of the song. It's basically the top floors of the Yellowhead building, I believe, is where this piece of music plays. It could also happen in the lower floors, to be honest, thinking about it. But yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> 
Welcome back, that was Top Floors from Shenmue 2. Let's move into this episode 13 preview now, Matt. It's called Shenmue for some reason. That has us, or had us, expecting to get all the way to Guilin, possibly seeing Shenmue. As the end of the episode played out after the credits, you noted that Ryo and Shenmue speak at the same time and say yes. the, the, the name of the episode, Shenmue Together. Yeah. So whether that means anything there... But if it does, and they are going to get to Guilin, even maybe the all the way to the end of Guilin, which would be mental, they've got a lot to, to cram into this next episode. They do. I mean, do you want to just talk us through what we saw in the preview first? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of leading quite nicely. So the preview starts with the helicopter again, and Landy has now stepped off of the ladder, and Rio is charging at him. Landy, in like real, like you can feel that vengeance, that anger, and Rio has forgotten everything he's learned because he's enraged. He is, you know, going for Landy. Landy blocks his punch quite calmly and goes, Hazuki boy, we meet again. Rio then sort of throws a leg kick at him and Landy sort of notes, hmm, you seem to have improved a little bit, which is the line from Shenmue 3, and we'll obviously talk about that in a minute, and then swiftly sort of palms Rio off in the same move that he takes him down in the dojo, if we remember. And also yep. in Rio's dream, he uses the same move again. And that is the end of the teaser. So we are getting Rio and Landy fight on the rooftop. It's an interesting idea. I see why they've done it for TV, put it that way. My concern with it is if they do a season two and we obviously get to we potentially in the castle fight, how do they keep the stakes of that castle fight right up there? Because that's a big event in Shenmue 3. Whatever you know, whatever people think of Shenmue 3, Landy and Rio fighting is a big event. Well, that's the first fight you've had with Landy since the exactly. start of the game, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? So you've, you've moved it in the anime to the rooftop. So how do you you know how do you keep that importance of that that Shenmue 3 Niawu castle fight? in a second or third season, wherever it may end up being. That was my only concern with it. Well, if you think as well, viewers of the anime series that haven't played the games, if they go off and play the games, they're going to be expecting a fight on the rooftop now, aren't they? And yeah, and it's one. not going to happen. So it's, it's interesting <laughs> yeah. to see what the view on that will be. I, yeah. I Personally, and this is just my view on it, I'd rather they didn't fight on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. But that's because I'm biased towards the games and Because the and encounter is still enough. Yeah. I think, at least it was for us, it's still enough. Obviously, he's an arms reach away, kind of. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's on a helicopter. You know, you can't touch him. He's he's untouchable still. And it's more of like Landy witnessing that Rio has become stronger than when he first seen him. But now, not only am I expecting that Donu fight, because obviously he's got to fight Donu and use the elbow assault or whatever to kill him off the counter elbow one. Mm. But also he's going to get a taste of Rio with this fight that we've kind of already seen, actually. It's it's a good preview, but we've kind of had the fight spoiled, in a sense, because you've seen what Rio's going to do, attack him with this punch. Yeah. He's going to grab him. He's going to kick him away. That's going to be the end of the fight, surely. He's just going to get back in his helicopter and do one. So, I mean, they've spoiled the fight in a way. It's how they break this up, isn't it? Because obviously in the game, it's all broken up. Rio defeats Dolnio and it's it's all sort of honky-dory. But obviously, Rio can't beat Landy here. So how are they... Uh, uh, this will be something we talk about probably later on or in, in our next episode will be how how is this fight broken up? Does Zhuin come up and sort of create a distraction? Does something else happen to stop Landy taking Zoo? 
Do you think this happens before he fights Tony or after? I, I, well, I would think, I would think this is before. I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But I think this is before. So Tony could be like the breakup in a way. Yeah, so he could he could shock. say, "Hey, let me have a go," or Landy could yeah. say, "You fight him or something." Yeah, like a shock factor. And while distracted, I don't know, like Ren or somebody gets in there, takes Yuandazu out of the way. I'd be interested to see how they, they play this because obviously Landy could, in theory, just take everybody out quite easily on his own and he doesn't mm. in the games and I don't think he will here. So they need to put something in place to, to justify that in some respects, maybe. I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward also as to how they're going to finish this thing off. What are we going to get in Guilin, if anything? What are we going to get to finish Cowling's section off? Lots of unanswered questions here in, in the season finale. I just hope that the Dolneo fight is given the respect it needs mm-hmm. and it's not a Master Bayou fight, two, you know, one hit and done. True. I would like to see yeah. a bit of an exchange here and then Rio does counter adverse assault. Boom, done, see you later. Mirrors, Guilin, get the pendant from Zhuing. Thank you and goodbye. You'd think there's got to be something to the fight, aren't there? Because yeah. it's, there you know, it can't just like, I don't know, he, he just starts doing the charge thing and then it zooms in and he's got yeah. the flashback to shooting and then he just elbows doing it and that's like the one hit. It takes him out. He's got to be a little bit more. There like I was saying, be. every fight appears to have been a one hit thing and whether that's coming from one punch man or whatever, the <laughs> Chikara Sakurai guy that used to do that season, he's done the season. I don't, I don't know. I haven't watched any other animes by no, this I guy, haven't. but obviously there's a clue in the name there, One Punch Man. I don't know if every time he does a fight scene, it's over in one punch, or that's you know my <laughs> na- a bit of naivety on my part. But again, like you say, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to any Greenland stuff if we get there. I mean, they've got an awful lot to cram in if they're intending yeah. to get to the end of you know like where we were in Shemu Two at the end in the cave, and there's going to be a lot to cover there. The meeting Shenfo for the first time, rescuing her out of the river, walking to the cave, like the midway cave. I mean, they can do it if they're going to do it in sort of a montage or keep skipping ahead day to night to day, arrive at Shenfo's house at night. You know what I mean? So it gives mm. that effect that they've been together for two days. If they do do that, I'd like to see, obviously, the, the dandelion scene at least, just so we know that Shenfo's got this sort of element to her character. Of lifting stuff with a mind or whatever and i also would like to see although i don't know if even the show writers know about this scene because it's very hidden away but the potential kiss scene between shen yeah. and rio where i think he's kindly kind of like grabs some herbs for her father he's never even met as turns into medicine and she she thinks like you know you know that's amazing no one's ever been this kind and thingy and she goes in for a kiss and he kind of backs off and he's a bit shocked by this kind of thing so that's a scene that could be in the anime you know it would be nice to see that could feel a bit too early if they did do that because obviously we're only going to get 10 minutes of these two characters essentially really if you think about what they've got to cram in this we've got to see yuanda zu talking to rio about the mirrors and the stars and the smoke and stuff and he's mm. got to get to guilin you know what i mean it's there's, there's so much to, to cram in if he's going to make it all the way to Shenfo's house and then look at the plans, maybe look at some other aspects in there. I'd love them to like have that poster of or picture of uh, Luang, Luang or something. Yeah, you know, just to give a bit more back to that context. If that was something they had to admit because of the China release, you know what I mean? And it was not ever intended to remove that or retcon it. That would be cool to see. You know, that was just like 
we want to really sit in China and we can't talk about Chinese villages or whatever we were we were discussing at one point. Yeah. Um, so that'd be nice to see, but there's just too much really when you put it down like that in there to. It's to have a cliffhanger be. in the in the cave. I don't know. It, yeah, and it, the thing I've, I looked at the schedules for tsunami uh, for next week. Um, well, maybe this week by the time you obviously hear this, and it, it, it's scheduled in for another half an hour slot. So there's no extended. So that's episode ultimately twenty three minutes in it. Yeah, you might get twenty five if, we, if we're lucky, sort of thing. And they might do some bits in the credits. Yeah, you mentioned about bits in the credits. The only thing I could see that would work in the credits is because we've already seen it, the opening segment. So the very start, Shemi One, that cave segment, mm, that yeah. could be at the end again with credits. Yeah. And then it's not, you know what I mean? It's like a way of having that cliffhanger cave segment again, but we've already seen it. So it doesn't need I'm, to be, I don't know. I'm really, really intrigued as to how they're going to pull this off. Are we going to go that far? I mean, they did say it would do most of Shenmue 2, but does that mean they cutting didn't say out a big all, chunk? Did they? Of, yeah. Does that mean cutting out a big chunk of Guilin, for example, to get get to the cave? I, do, I, I hope they don't rush it too much. I think Guilin, certainly for me, when I first played it, I didn't quite understand it, but over the years... I, I got a respect for it and how brave it was and, and how important to the story it is actually in terms of getting to know Shenhua and, and Rio's story and journey and all of that. There's a lot there that I think might get overlooked because they want to get to the end. And I just hope that they can balance that wanting to get to the end with some of the good stuff there that, that is in Guilin and they don't rush it too much, but we'll see. We'll see it we'll in, in a week's time. Yeah, well, for me, the Guilin stuff has is, is kind of become my favourite part of the series just because I, I just love the lore, I love the history, I love the relationship between Shenfar and Rio, and it'd be a shame if they did that in 10 minutes. So mm, <laughs> we'll yeah, see how we get on next week, man. But we're going to jump into Jim's Poetry Corner for this week. Wee. Wee. So I've got a bit of a ballad this week, actually, mate. It's It's a fun, bouncy one that so it's not a full ballad but it will test my feminine side of course i recognize this i do recognize this do you think enough that people will recognize this do you think people know this one i think you will i think people recognize it when when it when it's a popular song yeah yeah okay man let's get into it then quite fitting actually this um the lyrics to this one I, I think people will get this one. I'd be very, very, very surprised if people don't. The, the, the opening's um, iconic, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I say, the uh, the lyrics I've picked for this one is actually kind of based on today's episode as such, kind of, I suppose. Um, right, Matt, let's do it, yeah? Yeah, ready to go. Making my way Hong Kong, walking fast, faces pass and I'm shipbound. The mirrors that they want were hidden away, hidden away underground. And I need to, and I wish to, to find you under. If I could find you under zoo, 
Do you think I'd find Landy too? Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles if I could just see Zoo tonight. It's always times like these when I learn Kung Fu and wonder if I'll ever fight Landy. I just bumped into Wong and it won't be long, losing all my precious money. Cause I need to, and I wish to, to find you under. If I could find you under zoo, do you think I'd find Landy too? Wow, cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles if I could just see zoo tonight. And I, I, I don't want to let this go I, I, for the father's memory I, I, I don't want to let this go I, I don't Making my way when's I am walking fast Using maps, now my back's found Haha <laughs> Dealing with yellow heads, just making my way, I'm making a way to Kowloon. Cause I saw you, Zoo, in the woolen shoe. And now I wonder if I could find you and a zoo. Do you think I find land? D2 Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles If I could just see Zoo Oh, oh If I could find you and a zoo Do you think I'd find Landy too? Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles If I could just see Zoo Rescue him from Don you tonight. There you go. <laughs> very well done. Um, yeah, people will recognise that. Definitely. That's very, very <laughs> definitely different from your last few. Which has it been is a bit more... going from Agadu from that from that yeah, to this. Ag- Agadu <laughs> to this. Yeah, fuck it out. <laughs> the question is, next week, are you going to write lyrics to the anime song? Well, I've got I've got a list actually of like stuff that I kinda wanna do. Yeah. I don't know whether to do what I want to do next week. I don't know. I probably won't do that anime thing, actually. I think that's way too hard. <laughs> but I'll see. How I get on throughout the week. I haven't done that, uh, written any lyrics to that yet, so that would require a lot of 
dedication actually throughout the week yeah, to get through something like think, that. I think hell. the anime stuff's quite quick as well, isn't it? And it's yeah, yeah. I mean, if, mm. <laughs> if you want it, if people want it, I'll try. But uh, we'll see. That that would be tough. In, in fairness, I'm just playing it in my head, and I'm thinking, yeah, writing lyric line for that. It's like yeah. turning Japanese to English that isn't a translation. It's like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it would fit the theme well. Last episode yeah. of the anime, but whatever. We'll get straight into the news section on that, right? So, people have seen this shit. What do we think about this? These are banana and apple tweet from. 1110 Industries, or 110 Industries, sorry. And obviously, from what we know so far, the tease in Shenmue 4 a lot. Specifically, Shenmue 4, I don't know. Are we there yet? What are we at? Is there anything... I mean, they've, they've said they're announcing something in a couple of weeks' time or a few weeks' time, and that was yeah. like a week ago. Mm. So, I mean, they could announce something any day. Could could announce something before this show even airs. Yeah. It's, it could be that soon, I don't know, but... What do we make? Obviously, first, if you want to mention where this reference of the banana and apple shit comes yeah, from. Yeah, so the banana and apple reference comes from Shenmue 3, where you on in the kitchen you can pick up a banana and an apple each day from, from Shenhua's like, kitchen counter or whatever it is, cupboard bit, um, every morning. Shenmue 3 confirmed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know something... And I've said this week on week when we've been talking about this. I am excited in the fact that we are discussing a potential rumor, our first big rumor of Shenmue Four. Whether it is or not, we are discussing this rumor, and it fills me with excitement. We need, I think, to temper expectations and draw on past experiences with Shenmue and announcements and things that have happened. Kitsuko, well, people always do this, don't they? They always yeah. get so worked up that it's something that you know. It's a Shemu three, and then it took fifteen years to get a Shemu three. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, and and that I think you you just sum that up perfectly. I do think the community, myself included, I, and I put myself in this, have got ourselves really excited. But well, you go back. We've had that Shemu online yeah. stuff, which you know people warm to. Then you've had the Shemu City stuff, which I don't know if there was any warmth or anything. We we even had the amount of time to warm to that because it was, seemed like it, as soon as it was announced, it was over. Yeah, and you know, then ultimately we did get the Shenmue three that we've we've always kind of hoped hoped and dreamed for. So obviously, the next obvious step is Shenmue four. Whether yeah. or not that is a thing that these one ten industries are touting or teasing or whatever I, they've got I, under the sleeves, or it's going to be something completely different. You know, fingers crossed. It's a game i mean they are a game company so i don't i just i don't know right i think we need to urge caution uh, as fans that we have been let down by people in in the past um now 110 we're not killing these rumors of, and if it wasn't shenry related in any way shape or form they are they have made a rod for their own back and i think the community will react quite badly to it because it has to be Shemu in some capacity. It's got right? to be, it, it, but it's just what if it is? I mean, the problem. Like I say, I, I, I think if if it wasn't, there's going to be a problem. I think the community will react very badly, and I don't advocate people going on social media and calling people all the names under the sun and all the rest of it. But I think people have a a right to be annoyed if that were the case. I think everybody, and this is the problem. If you remember back to Shenmue Online. We all wanted Shenmue 3, didn't we? That, that was what we wanted. 
Yeah. And they did shen me online and wasted $20 million, if not more. I'd have to go and check the, the figures that were brandished about for that on a game that they never released, which could have gone towards Shenmue 3. So you'd think people would learn from their mistakes in that regard. We all want Shenmue 4. So for it not to be Shenmue 4, it would have to be something very... It'd have to be Shenmue 0 in my book. It would have to be. And you do a WoW's journey through China because... And even then, you could spoil stories for Shenmue 4. I, 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 you know what I'm saying? I just... Other than Shenmue 4, there's not a lot. It could be right. It's, no. That's, that's the thing, unless they're going to remake the series again. Yeah, um, which I don't see the point to, because you've got the anime that, that, that should have caught people up to game one and two and maybe encourage it, and you can pick up Shenmue 3 or whatever. Yeah. <sighs> could it be, like, if, extra <laughs> DLC or something for Shenmue 3? I mean, well, it, the I banana mean, and apple thing is Shenmue 3 related. Someone touted a, 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 direct, a, a remake of Shenmue 3. Now, I don't think you should be doing that. Really, I think if you're you going don't to throw, need to do that throw either. money at something, you need to be throwing money at Shenmue Four. Quite, uh, my my heart is going. It's going, it's Shenmue Four. My head's telling me to calm down, and I think that's exactly what we need to be doing as a community. Enjoy the enjoy the ride by all yeah. means. Enjoy the ride, but I well, think about the people involved as well. Say if it's not Shenmue Four, for example, and yeah. you've got people going on Twitter or whatever they do normally to complain about any little thing. And, you know, some people will like tag bloody Yu Suzuki in that as well. Yu Suzuki will see that. And, you know, he's, Yu Suzuki loves the fans. He loves the series. And if anyone's upset about something, that's going to upset him. And you don't you don't want that sort of a shit situation to happen either, right, as well? No. You don't want Yu Suzuki feeling pressured into something that isn't happening perhaps i don't know or something that fans expect expectations are so high they've always been so high they were so high with shemu 3 and that's why fans are disappointed with shemu 3 at the end of the day in terms of what it delivered because it could never live up to those expectations and then if those expectations have started creeping in again for potential future to this the series of shemu 4 or whatever and you know they can't you know, there's a lot of expectation regarding the Shemu series, and even though we're back in a good place, Shemu's doing amazing. You've got the anime series that's a massive hit, actually. It seems to be anyway with the ratings and some of the stuff that we're going to talk about in a moment that's happening in Japan as well is mm. all positives. Everything seems to be aligning. The stars seem to be aligning, but it doesn't necessarily ultimately turn into an instant Shenmue 4 does it it's you know you've got to ledge your expectations but be mindful and be hopeful that hopefully we are going to get a Shenmue 4 think about how hard it was to get a Shenmue 3 and for something to be so simple to get to a Shenmue 4 is that a good mindset to have you know past history (laughs) I I don't know I think past history has colored certainly a lot of people in the communities to to word caution I think you're right in, in what you're saying I think also it's not official until they announce whatever it's going to be. So it could be Shenmue Four, it could be Shenmue Zero, it could be Shenmue. I I don't know. It could be, it could even not be right. We don't we know don't... anything, Casalves. You know, we're just speculating. We're just trying to keep our expectations in, in check mm. as well as everyone else's. And it's it's a tough spot for, for I think for us as as and I I don't want to sound up our own asses here, but as as guys who own the dojo. We, I think we have to provide a certain amount of, of excitement, but also a certain amount of rationale and calmness around 
what this could or could not be and how things then play out beyond that. And I think that's part of the reason I haven't got as swept up in the excitement as I may have done. But um, the thing is, you can understand as well at the same time because we'll take, you know, this is a relatively new company. They seem mm. to be doing good things, mind. But Shemu fans thinking Shemu 4, it kind of it shows that it doesn't really matter who, who or what sort of entity is involved as long as we ultimately get a Shemu 4. You know, we're not of that mindset where it's like, oh, you know, it has to be Sega, it has to be a Sega product, it has to be a Kojima Productions product, it has to be made by Square Enix. You know, it can be made by WiseNet. Yeah. It can have involvement from Cop Media, Deep Silver, 11010 Industries, 110 Industries, you know, any eventual name under the sun, really, as long as they do a game that has the utmost respect of first the creator, Yu Suzuki, at the mindset. And then the if they've got the respect of the source material, whatever the outcome, as long as all those considerations are taken into account, which leads to Shemu 4, Shemu, you know, Zero Remake, whatever this could potentially be, as long as they hit all the right things that as fans of the series we can respect them for, I think it regardless of who is behind the helm, obviously it's looking likely to be a 110 Industries sort of collaboration for you know, potential Shenmue-based announcement they've got planned, but that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I'm all for it. I don't mind who picks this sort of stuff up. I think, as you say, as long as it's treated with the respect and the community are treated with the same respect as to how, how this moves forward, then I'm all for it. And I think we just have to keep an ear to the ground, uh, watch with bated breath, We've got obviously got the anime finishing soon. We've got the fourth of the month coming up, not too far away as well for May. And also, there could it could be beyond that as well. I mean, you don't know. Weeks could be any number of weeks, couldn't it? I know they say a couple of weeks in their tweet. Obviously, plans can change. I mean, how many games were delayed over COVID? Hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds. So there could be you know, games get delayed all the time. Announcements get get delayed all the time. You know what's got me interested as well. And, and just thinking about stuff in general, but you've got the, that Sega thing that was announced the other day or whatever mm. that was like Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi AAA titles on the on the thing. But then in the same breath, the same, but these projects could be cancelled or, you know mm. what I mean? Well, so it's go. like, <laughs> why would you say that? It's, it doesn't make sense to say that, does it? No, no. You know what I mean? It's like you say, things <sighs> change all the time, but that is like very specific. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do, I do think that's probably a bit of a buy, a, a cop out of it. If this rumor of crazy tax and jet radio doesn't happen, well, yeah. we said it might get cancelled. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't exactly know exactly buy into that rumor anyway. But at least whatever one ten industries have got up the sleeves, they haven't mentioned the word cancel yeah. yet. So. <laughs> Exciting times for us. Whatever comes of it, comes of it. I would just yeah remind people to, to urge caution, enjoy the moment. If it isn't Shenmue related. Please be, you know, please show some respect. I know it's really we're gonna be upset, and I I will be upset as well. But let's not, you know, let's. let's but it has to be Shamu, doesn't it? Has to be Shamu, something. I hope so. I hope so. We'll see. We'll see. I think there's no smoke without fire. Put it that way. Fair enough, man. So other than that, guys, obviously, like I say, the the anime is doing so successful. There's a lot of stuff happening in Japan at the moment, and currently, it just started a couple of days ago. 
but there's a real-life event happening actually in Yokosuka on Dabuta Street. Loads of things going on there. I've seen a couple of tweets so far. Um, one yesterday, I think, was the first day it was on, and there was a guy. He brought back loads of stuff. He showed some fit photos. I don't know if you saw this map, but he's brought back. Oh, he, he showed did, a picture yeah. of... There was like a leaflet thing. So there's a leaflet thing with the Shemuan Mayon that apparently is like informing of the event. So it's just the information leaflet. Then you've got the sacred spot map guide thing. So we've had new them in the one, past. Yeah. We've had a couple of iterations of that. This is a brand new anime version of that to pick up. If you're in Japan, you happen to live there or look close there, get yourself down there, grab a, a few there, maybe chuck us a few our way and we'll give away a couple of yeah. them as well on the show. There's also a postcard set going on there. So if you go into shops, spend, I think it's 500 yen for a postcard and there's a maximum of four per purchase. So say if you buy something that's 2,000 yen, they give you four cards. I don't know if they're random or they just pick four up and throw them in your face kind of thing. Hopefully you can pick and choose and you can get four different ones. And uh, I think there's six per wave. There's three waves. So there's 18 postcards in total. So you're going to get have to get yourself down there three times and you're going to have to spend 3,000 yen at the bare minimum if they do let you choose postcards. Then there's an on-site gacha thing. I don't know what that is. I've not seen photos of that yet. No, um, I haven't But either. there is an online version. So I think it's a similar thing, but only you scan your phone at something on Dubita Street. And if you collect all the postcards or these little online artworks or whatever, they'll give you... I think they have just been handing over an A... Did we say it was A2? I feel like it was A2 poster. Yeah, it was quite big. I'm and, sure it was A2. Yeah, and again, I've not seen what is on this artwork, but I'm assuming it's the the bog standard. The same as the, the Sacred Spot Guide, I think. You mm. know, that cover. Um, I think that was the original artwork for the anime series. I'm pretty sure that's probably what's on this poster, if I had to hazard a guess at yeah. that. And also on the street, if you head into, or if you head into a shop called Mikasa Volume Two, which is based on that Water Dragon Store Volume Two, they've got two handmade, as far as my handmade, hand stitched pouches. One of them's got the Phoenix Mirror on, so Shemu Sega, and the other's got a Dragon Mirror on Shemu Sega. There is two separate designs there. It's not one double sided. It's definitely two, and they are on sale for two thousand four hundred twenty yen. So, in theory, if you buy one of them, you should get four postcards. And if you buy them both, depending on how nice the seller is, if they let you buy both, and if they mm. let you have eight postcards, you should have a full set of postcards there as well. Um, so that's all the stuff going on on the street. But for listeners of the show who might not be aware, there is an online element. So if you look in the show notes or if you're on YouTube, look in the description. I'll chuck the link in there. It'll probably say online gacha gacha with a link if you press that it'll take you directly to this website all you need to do is make an account just put your email address in and i think that's it actually isn't it just an email address and a password yeah that's it and you get 20 spins basically but it'll play an animation of rio at a capsule toy machine yeah that's um, right. and you don't know what you're going to get then a picture will appear it was a little bit laggy for me at first. I don't know if that's like a connection to a Japanese server or something. So bear with it if it's a little bit slow or refresh it. And um, and basically these 15 digital stills to collect of scenes from both the anime and the game. And if you happen to collect all 15, which is very easy to be honest, I've already done it. Yeah, I've but done you, it Like well. I say, you get 20 spins per day. So it might take you more than one day. But I would say 
within two days you've got the set, then it changes to a button that says apply or something like that. You click on that, you just type your address in, uh, make sure you pick your, your relevant country there because I think the default's Japan. And they are actually sending these internationally, but it is a chance to win. So it's a giveaway of sorts. I don't know mm. how many they've got. I don't know how many applications they're going to get. So say if they've only got like 200 greetings cards, it might be quite difficult to win. If they've even got that amount, I don't know. They haven't actually said how many they've no, got. No, they haven't. But uh, yeah, if as long as you've um, completed that, you're in the chance to win a greetings card and they'll send that through the post to you, I'm assuming, free of charge. So yeah, some good stuff going on there. It's actually really fun. I think this is a collaboration with Sega as well, so it's not just like unofficial stuff. This is all official stuff that's happening in Yokosuka on Dubuita Street. So yeah, get yourself down there if you can, or if you can't, at least you can play this online game. Oh, that's that's all the news I've got. So I don't think you've got any other news, have you, Matt? No, um, just hopefully the limited run game stuff would have started shipping in terms of the Shenmue 3 uh, collect, complete collector's editions. Just keep an eye on your emails um, over the next week or so because hopefully that should be shipping. Um, there, mine is at the limited run games warehouse. Um, hurry up and ship it, please, now. <laughs> it hasn't moved since, has it, actually? It's been no, a week, it's been, I think. It's been and... about a week, yeah. So fingers crossed that should be happening very soon. Maybe next time we'll be saying everyone's is shipped, so... Make sure the postman knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that could be what we say next week. So let's move into the forum post map. I'm going to start yep. off with BCDC Dude, who says, my goodness. And this is for the last episode, by the way, the episode 11. So um, in case you're unaware, we go through some forum posts for the previous episode of the anime. He So we've got BCDC Dude. He says, my goodness, this might just be the best episode yet. So much crammed in but in a masterful way. The MPV of this episode must be the editor to get so much in, but in a way, the last episode was sadly lacking. So he was talking about episode 10 there. Of course, there are bits where I could see some corners were cut and some precious seconds could have been used, not using flashback scenes, but otherwise, the episode I'd be pumped in a way the last only just missed out on. Shooing and Rio spar in the moonlight. Joy's backstory, scenes I totally forgot about, such as the pitch black spar. Ren's anger at betting against Ryo, all absolutely brilliant. I would have liked perhaps a reference to the blind martial artist an episode earlier. Something those precious seconds could have probably used, but honestly, I have few complaints. Would have loved Chun-Yan as the underground artist to fight. Greg is a bit generic, but hey-ho, two weeks to go, and then it's all over for the time being, I hope. It's a wonderful time to be a Shemu fan. Very, very good. So then we move on to, I think, a new new person, actually, this week, uh, Joker, who says, great episode, and then lists a few bullet points here. Uh, the first one is, no leaf catching, boo. Um, although I think them linking Ewing's teaching with the predictive explosion scene was clever. I, I'd agree with that. Uh, when Johan said, do you think she's Chun's daughter? I was like, what? Holy shit, Ewing's parents were cartel. But as Nathan's explained above, um, it's a reference to Joy's father. Nice, but I thought we were getting some major new info for a moment. Nice fight sequences. Shane they chose Greg as the main fight. Master Bayou could easily have been the main fight. He looked awesome in anime form. Please let there be a fight or some further interaction with him. Him and Niao Son are probably the most enigmatic characters by the end of Shenmue 2. 
Obviously, she got some attention in Shenmue 3, but hoping Bayou gets some more love in the anime. Overall, one of the best episodes, I'd say. Good stuff. Well, a few people mentioning about the Greg Moore mm. fight there. Yeah, would have liked to have seen the Chunyan thing. There was a couple of people actually mentioning that maybe would we'd have, might have seen it still. You know, they could have utilised it somehow, but definitely seems like it's retcon now, which is okay. To do so, next up we've got Master Mo, who says this was a pretty good episode. The pacing is still not to my liking, nor will it ever be. But some of the cuts made sense to me, like cutting out the second Chowan sign quest. Or oh, actually, I forgot about that, Matt. You never got any second Chowan stuff in Kowloon, right? Yeah, no, we didn't. They got rid of it completely. Got rid of that completely, which is okay. I mean, it's, again, it's more fluff, I suppose. What actually happens from that in the game? Uh, you do that scene. Uh, it, that comes after you've had the Ghost Hall stuff. So you, uh, Zhang says, we'll communicate via Chowan sign. You do that, you get the note, and then you go to the Kai predictive explosion bit, who then tells you to go to the street fights. Right, yeah, okay. Or he says, or doing just one of the three big fights. Even though I agree, I'd rather they did a quick montage of all three or choose Chunyan instead of Greg again. Mm. Other person saying that. Some stuff I didn't like, though. I really hope the counter elbow assault is not becoming the next swallow dive. It looked a bit too much like a normal elbow assault. At least it was used reactively instead of proactive like the elbow assault. I also hope its depiction on Donu will be slower and more forceful. I like Joy's backstory, which somewhat was teased in the comic on Shenmue 2X, but the way her interaction with Ryo are handled is super weird and annoying to me. What do you mean by that, do you think? I don't know. I don't understand it. But there it is. Okay. Mm. <laughs> move on from that so somehow in my opinion they made Rio more empathetic and Joy less so I think given the, the circumstances that's a change I don't appreciate her scene with, with Ren was painful to me that was probably one of the worst scenes of the whole anime absolutely horrible no I completely disagree with that I yeah, think I completely disagree with that I think it's actually Joy sort of showing a bit of empathy towards Ren but also I don't know they have a relationship, uh, Joy and Ren. They have had one. So I think it's right that she's there asking him that question. Mm-hmm. They've all been intertwined together. But but anyway. Oh, the, I don't know how far the history goes with them, but, you know. Oh, years by the looks of it. Probably like old friends or whatever, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So he says, Ren is generally handled badly. And this episode, aside from the betting bit, cemented my impression on that. Okay. Some decisions, some decisions are baffling to me. Why Showmaster by who so soon? It doesn't make sense to me. He meant to be. He is meant to be a mysterious character, showing him off as a character who, who participates in normal street fights, and then potentially having him be an opponent within the Alhead building will diminish the impact of this mysterious entrance into the series. But I will actually say, I think it was Landisi found yes long ago. There was a photograph. Of Master Bayou in the that code, had the yeah. same initials, the same code in it as a Street Fight. So yeah. it was original attention, and whether or not they're maybe they're, they're not using the games as much, maybe they're using the original scripts that Yu Suzuki's got. Perhaps Master Bayou is a Street Fight in those scripts, but then he's a little bit more than that as well. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe that could be a, a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I, I do see what he's saying, actually. I mean, while I generally I don't share a lot of the views of, 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 of Master Mo, generally, I do agree with the, the Bayou stuff, actually. I do think it was a bit odd. Um, but as you as you just rightly said, you know, they, they had intended Master Bayou to be originally a street fighter. So if they're sort of 
meshing the game and and the scripts together assuming it's in the scripts of course um i yeah. can see how they've come to that idea of him being a street fighter yeah i, I can see where he's coming from on that on that point at least anyway because I, I was a bit surprised when they showed by that early but there we go mm-hmm. right and then we move on to the final comment from Daniel Mann, who says, okay, I finally got around to watching this today. Um, I think he must have watched it a little bit late then. A bit bummed that the other two street fights were cut. Um, we did get Greg Mortz, which was nice, but I would love to have seen the other two, especially the fight with Chun Yun. I felt that moment with Chun Yun in the game was so powerful, it was very telling of, what, of who Rio was. But I don't think Rio actually has it in him to actually kill someone, which, yeah, I, I get. And we said this in the episode last week. They could have done Greg or Chun Yun. I think Rod Stump would have been is a bit of a nothing one out of the two. So I can see yeah, where this definitely. sort of divide's coming from. A lot of interesting stuff with Joy came out of this. That's what I'm loving most about the anime. The little touches they keep throwing in to help expand the, these characters just a little bit more. Um, hard to believe that we've only got two episodes left at this point. It was now one, of course. Um, mm. It's really making me want to go back and replay Shenmue 2 now. Maybe what I will once the anime is done. Anyways, I enjoyed it. I wish these episodes were longer just so we could cover more. I wish it was a 26-episode run as opposed to 13, but what can you do? Uh, still, I'm enjoying Shenmue 2 being really told in this form, even with its omissions. Very good. Very good indeed. And yeah, I kind of wish it was a 26-episode run. Although I don't, in terms of like the amount of work that we're having to put in oh, these mapbox. Quite- Jay, I mean, that's half a year's I think, work. <laughs> I know. That is true, actually, yeah. But, I mean, I think with the 26-episode run, they could have slowed things down. We could have yeah. got everything that everyone yeah. ever wanted to see. They um, I'm not sure, actually, how it would have translated to an anime viewership. Or, or I don't know if animes are typically 26 episodes long or the first season's typically shorter. I don't know. But I think what we have been given, again, we've, we've said this multiple times now, has been pretty special mm. i would never have expected this you know a few years back you know no, shimmy uh, 3 was a dream that was like insane but to get in the anime as well yeah, whilst it, things are still ongoing of you know potential of other games to come it's not like it's this is uh, <laughs> the send-off for shimmy that people were like even kind of wanting 10 years ago you know what i mean it's we're getting both we're getting everything it's insane hopefully this is the beginning i think of and I, I've got everything crossed. This is the beginning of sort of the real revival for Shenmue. I think Michael Huber said it on Twitter um, this weekend that the anime feels like we're going to get a Yakuza Zero moment. They might well might finally break through into the mainstream. That is what we hope for with Shenmue that that the anime gets more people involved and and we can get more games and more seasons and more merch and, and Shenmue. I think gets gets finally some of the respect it. I think it deserves from, from wider gaming. I know we're biased, and I'm biased in saying that. But without Shenmue, you don't have the open world games that you've got today. You really don't. Well, if you think about it, Matt, from this perspective, like Huber is saying there, if you move into a Shenmue four from a Shenmue three, are you going to like and say the anime never happened? So this is like it's just literally game to game to game. So Shenmue three to Shenmue four. I think with the anime introducing new people to Shemu the series, if a Shemu zero was to happen, so you've got all this brand new fan base and you know it's created such a, a change of opinion it. on the yeah. a buzz and a change of opinion towards Shemu because obviously Shemu's always been a bit of a joke and stuff, but the anime is kind of captured or recaptured the essence of Shenmue in another medium where people can celebrate Shenmue and enjoy Shenmue 
as <laughs> a story as a series in a different sort of thingy. And then, mm. you know, like, like Hugh was saying there with the Yakuza Zero thing, which really set the Yakuza series alight. Because at that point, you know, we got all the way to Yakuza 5 and the series was still quite relatively unknown and not really that popular. And then suddenly Yakuza 0 reintroduced people to, I don't know what, what it was about that game, but so much so that it made people to go through one, two, three, four, five. You know what I mean? Something that a, a, a seemed to be a slog, mm. you know, say if they had plans to release a six and they were going to release a six, at the time, one to five would have seemed like a story catch-up slog for people. But for some reason, having this Yakuza Zero as an entry point back into the series made a lot of people, made even myself, because I, I wasn't into the series at the time until the Zero thing came out, created a buzz. It had me playing through one, two, three, four, five, six, and they, they've released a seventh game. That's insane that from being at a point after a release of a, f- a fifth entry in a series, something they could do would get you back into the whole series and want you know enough so that you'd want to play through every single title in that series. That's kind of what we need as a Shemu yeah, thing, okay. something to reignite people to play your one, your two, your three then to get your fourth game yeah and i think i think you could do that with the anime with this again if this 110 thing does go down a different road and it is shenry related and it is you know it could be a shenry zero and it's done really well and gets people into playing the mainline games i'm all for it there's a buzz around shenmu we're in probably the best place we've been in probably since the e3 announcement in 2015 i think there's a lot of positivity around it a lot of positivity around the community but again we can't stop. We must get a season two and hashtag let's get Shenmue 4 on the 4th of every month because if we stop, we won't get it. And it's as simple as that. Rumours are great. Rumours are fantastic. It gets things out there. But uh, what will happen is we keep our voices out there being heard every month. And eventually I think we'll get there. But the fact it's in the media being talked about is only ever a good thing. For sure, man. For sure. Let's get Shenmue 4. Nice little round there again. So we're going to wrap up the show now feels like it's been a bit of a longer one matt i mean well, i was hoping for a short one because i've got to <laughs> edit this in a day <laughs> but regardless of that guys thanks for joining us yet again we're going to be back on the sunday to watch the very last episode of season one of shimmer the anime hopefully there's more seasons of that as well to come but if you've been following us along guys it's been incredible what a journey what a ride probably be saying this again next week at the end of it but um, until then, guys, I hope you've all been well. Hope you're all enjoying the anime thus far. And we're heading into the very last episode now. And I couldn't be any more excited to um, see what they've got up the sleeves, Matt. No, nor could I. Bring it on as, all, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay, so we're going to end the show with this piece of music. It's called, I don't know what the actual name is, but it's called Up the Roof. And it's the, the moment where you actually head out side on the 40th floor for the very first time in the game you've got the purple sky turns a bit pinky orangey before you even see landy and this music plays just to hype you up in that particular moment so until sunday or whenever you next listen to us take care and we'll see you next time see you later guys
Look at the time. 